Hello, and welcome to this episode of On Air with Air Cargo World. I'm your host, Karen Livingston, editor of Air Cargo World. I'm joined today by Steve Magirius, CEO at Drone Delivery Canada. Thanks for joining us today, Steve. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be with you. Yeah, so you were appointed to the CEO position at Drone Delivery Canada fairly recently in, in February. I believe we covered that. So how how did your previous career experience prepare you to lead a cargo drone company? I think from past experience, it's a very, very technical industry um, from an engineering perspective. So I've, I've been fortunate enough to work in a wide variety of industries um, that had varying technical um, backgrounds, including uh, injection molding. So there was uh, OEM equipment manufacturer. I worked in aerospace and defense a little bit in transportation and also medical devices. So um, through the ability to work in these areas, I think I have a good well-rounded experience um, to to help lead uh, Drone Delivery Canada and then to also bring different perspectives from other industries. At the same time, knowing that there's a lot to learn, obviously not coming from the industry, but that's part of the allure and the excitement of the position as well. Right, there's there's always a lot to learn in in any emerging technology. So what have you found to be different so far at Drone Delivery Canada compared with your earlier experience? Uh, the main difference is how nascent and early on we are in the industry um, and working with the regulators to understand. Um, the technology can do uh, a number of things, but it's it's what can we do from a regulatory perspective? So I think marrying the two and b- continuing to build those relationships is key for us going forward. Right. And uh, it is, you know, as you said, a pretty early technology, but drone deliveries, we have seen them gaining momentum over the past couple of years. What are some of the drivers for that progress from your perspective and what roadblocks do you see that still need removed or overcome for maybe full implementation of cargo drones? I think the the drivers are that people are getting more comfortable with the technology and understanding what the capabilities are. I think a few years back, it used to be this kind of sci-fi futuristic um, approach that drones are going to be flying and delivering. I think today, as, as more and more companies are pushing the envelope and showing what the technology can do, I think there's more broader acceptance as to what the capabilities are and then also what what the benefits are. Um, from a roadblock perspective, obviously safety is paramount. So that needs to be primary in everything we do. And although sometimes we may think the regulators, well, they're just being difficult, the reality is they have the best interests of the public in mind. So. Um, working with them is key. So I wouldn't necessarily call it a roadblock. I would just call it something that we need to be cognizant of to work on going forward, sort of in lockstep. And you see the industry moving in that direction. So the more we can work uh, together with them to understand both their concerns and how we can address them, I think it'll help continue to propel us forward. Great, some interesting points there. And uh, speaking of maybe pushing the envelope a bit, Drone Delivery Canada has uh, undertaken quite a variety of cargo operations, including, I know, deliveries in remote communities, as well as kind of the the more recently announced uh, dangerous goods deliveries for DSV Ontario. So what are some of the qualities that make drone operations suitable for this kind of variety of cargo delivery needs? I think for one, it can help remove congestion on the roads um, and there's a timeliness of delivery as well with the products. 
um, if you think the drone kind of bypasses all the traffic and goes directly um, to deliver the, the products, um, I think there's a number of use cases that are interesting for us as we go forward. And our goal really, um, you know, this year is to continue to accelerate the technology and continue to advance it. And at the same time, while, while we get into the projects, what can we do from a continuous improvement perspective? Um, again, capturing data, understanding where we can push the envelope safely, of course, um, to be able to continue to progress the technology forward, because the more we do that, the more it'll be accepted, and then it obviously opens up more market opportunities for us. Right, and I would like to get a little more into some of those kind of specific cargo operations that Drone Delivery Canada has been involved in. Uh, what are some of the requirements for drone deliveries to remote communities? Um, in, in some cases, it depends what we're what we're transporting um, to them. Um, so we need to be cognizant of the airspace and the safety and understanding um, from a regulatory perspective. Now, in the remote communities, there also is the opportunity um, to look for to work with waivers um, to get around um, some of the regulatory aspects to, to make it easier to, to operate um, and to be more financially viable um, and the goal there obviously they are remote for a reason is to get the goods that they really need to them right to improve their quality of life and and timeliness right and then maybe kind of on the other side with your operations for for dsv in ontario uh, what makes drones a good solution for transportation of some of those shipments including dangerous goods um, again, it's it's the speed and timeliness um, that we can deliver um, those dangerous goods uh, and over a specific uh, distance. You know, there's some other areas we're looking at, be it in the in medical markets and the like. Um, there's a number of projects that we're working on, and right now we're really looking at it as a case by case basis to maximize the benefit um, to the organization. And and in some cases, the early adopters are learning with us. Um, they're, they're, you know, they really like the technology and want to understand more. Um, and at the same time, it's up to us to continue to educate um, and let them know not only what the capabilities are, but some of the limitations and, and what we can do going forward to kind of get past those limitations. Right. I think it's an interesting point you brought up about kind of learning jointly with your partners on these operations. So as you as you're undertaking these uh, deliveries on behalf of DSV, for example, uh, what kind of applications are you then uh, maybe considering beyond those for DSV Canada, perhaps over longer distances or larger shipments? We Well, currently we have the, the Sparrow, um, which is our commercialized product that's in operation. Um, we're working on developing the Canary, which is due uh, at the end of this quarter. Um, and that's proceeding well. It's going through testing. And then, of course, the one everyone's been waiting for is the Condor, which which changes the landscape in a sense in terms of the the cargo that it can carry and also the the, uh, the distance that it can travel. So those are the two key projects that we're working on. The Condor um, is still in development and we are we're targeting to have the first prototype machine ready by the end of the year. Um, so there's there's other milestones along the way, and then um, early next year we'll have the first 
um, what I call the production machine that we can use in in high touch operations. Now, to be clear, you know, although we'd love for it to fly 200 kilometers right out of the gate with something this big, um, there's a bit of the unknown factor. So we work closely with the regulators um, to understand where the first use cases will be. And, and when we say high touch, I mean, we want to be we want to be cognizant of the size of the machine and and any risks. Um, so they'll be in controlled environments. So we'll be very careful as to the use cases that we select. Right. That's that's very exciting project. And uh, maybe just a quick follow up question on the Condor. Uh, as you're working with the regulator on this kind of larger drone project, uh, how has that differed from your work with them on uh, the smaller drones like the Sparrow and Canary? Well, with the Sparrow and Canary, it's well defined in terms of what the requirements are to declare um, to Transport Canada that, you know, we've done the testing and, and we've completed the requirements um, to self-declare um, for the for the piece of equipment. With the Condor, you know, it's it's a whole new world in a sense, so we need to be in lockstep with them um, so they understand where initially we're, we're looking to have projects. And then, you know, as we go forward with various technologies such as detect and avoid and the like and, and how that expands the opportunities going forward. So, it, you know, it's, it's that whole crawl, walk, run approach. I know, I know some people like that, some people don't like that approach, um, but it really is important to make sure we're making the right steps, uh, you know, in lockstep with the regulators so they are in support of what we're doing as well and understand what we're trying to accomplish. Okay, thanks for that explanation, Steve. And so uh, looking at your your drone operation so far, uh, there's there seems to be kind of a mix between maybe the B2C model versus B2B operational model. So are applications more widespread for B2B or do you see them momentum may be accelerating for for one versus the other? I would say right now, um, most of our opportunities are in the B2B. Um, there are some in the early stages that we're working on on B2C, um, but the, the B2B are the ones that we're focusing on. Um, in terms of momentum for either, there's a lot in the news that you hear of other organizations that are delivering food. Uh, to home. So I think there's lots of opportunities in general um, in the market, and it's it's finding where we currently have the best value proposition and where it's um, for our customers in terms of the use case. So I wouldn't say um, there's more momentum with one than the other. I think it's understanding where the technology can have the best and most positive impact overall. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you. And so maybe getting back to the the discussion of the various models that you have coming out uh, in the pretty near future now, uh, it sounds like the Canary release is still pretty much on track. Uh, so what are some of the benefits of these multiple offerings in, in the drone market? We, we look to cover different aspects of the market opportunities. So, so the Canary is an improvement over the Sparrow in terms of its operating capabilities. Um, it has built in the, the drop functionality as well. And there is also a parachute on board. Um, so it is a faster and lighter machine, which we were able to incorporate the parachute. And the parachute also allows us to fly over people. 
which is something we were not able to do with the Sparrow. Now we still need to get the, the testing completed, um, but we're working on that um, as we speak. Um, and we're looking for a completion at the end of the second quarter. And then our goal is at some point Q3, Q4 to have it in, in our first commercial operation um, operating. So that services a certain segment of the market. The Condor obviously with the specs that we're targeting uh, 180 kilograms and 200 kilometers obviously opens up a whole different uh, market for us in terms of what um, what we can accomplish and, and what service we can provide. Um, and in terms of multiple offerings, I know in the past we've worked on the Robin. I mean, this is week eight, so I've heard a lot of what we've done in the past. Um, but I think going forward, it's important since we have uh, a product at the low end and and what I'll call the high end of the market. If we need something in between, I think it's important to meet with our partners and, and get some market um, intel in terms of what the specs in that middle range should be. You know, in some initial conversation, it's been mentioned that it needs to be a little more than what the Robin was initially um, targeted at. But again, until we get to that point and have those discussions. Right now we're focused on completing the Canary and then getting getting the Condor uh, launched and, and in service. Right, that'll be that'll be exciting. I know that uh, with uh, kind of the multiple offerings that can make you know business a bit more complex, what are some of the maybe challenges that come with uh, a larger variety of drone offerings and how do you work to address those in your business? Um, I think with each one, there are different technical challenges um, that come up and then also commercial. So typically, you know, we start off with the technical challenges, understanding through development um, and the concept phase, what what we're trying to accomplish and then how do we make it happen um, and some of the hurdles that we have along the way. And then once once we get past those hurdles and we start commercialization, then then it's also understanding what are some of the limitations and, and what are we able to do. You know, no one would love uh, nothing more than say having the Condor fly out of Pearson and go deliver to to a warehouse or another hub. But the reality is that that's not happening from day one. So focusing on where we can add value out of the gate and then continuing to evolve and expand that as we go forward. Right. And so uh, what kind of internal growth at Drone Delivery Canada are you expecting with, you know, all of these new product launches ahead? Um, our goal right now is to get the technology to a point um, where we can realize the potential in the market with those product launches. I would say we are looking to grow. Obviously, we want to grow our revenues. Um, the Canary offers um, a few more market opportunities for us than the Sparrow does, but the Condor is the one that everyone's been waiting for. Um, and I would say even when we have tours at our facility, we show people the Sparrow and the Canary and it's kind of like, you know, well, it's a very nice product. Okay, we, we see it, we've seen it operate. And then when we take them past the Condor, <clears throat> then their eyes light up and they get all excited and see even more opportunities. Um, and you don't even have to be from the drone industry. Even someone who just comes by for for a tour will sees that, and it's a much much more impressive machine, right? It's kind of like the Airbus A380. Everyone's like, "Oh, look at that big plane!" compared to a small little Cessna or something mm -hmm. like that. So, I think there's definitely uh, opportunities for us, and we're we're focused on getting that across the finish line so we can start realizing some of those opportunities. 
Right. And I know, I mean, we've covered a lot of the expansion in logistics generally over the past couple of years, and that's included a lot of acquisitions, but not really in the maybe cargo drone space. Uh, Do you expect all of Drone Delivery Canada's growth to be organic, or are there any feasible acquisition targets in this market? I think I think for now it would be we're focused on organic um, growth. Um, you know we don't want to say no to any acquisition targets, but at this point we're we're focused internally, and then you know be it in the future there could be potential partnerships um, in other markets outside Canada that that we would um, potentially look at. Now, having said that, from a partnership perspective, there's also other technologies out there that we could also leverage. Um, and partner with with folks as well. Um, so we we look at all the opportunities um, that come across the table for us. Great. And I I know that uh, Drone Delivery Canada opened a commercialization center last year with one of the center's functions, including employee training. And of course, uh, employee training and retention has been you know a major topic over the past couple of years. Uh, how quickly has Drone Delivery Canada needed to onboard new employees under the current growth rate? We've, you know, it was before I was here, but obviously COVID affected us as it affected everyone. So now, um, and hopefully we're past the worst of, of uh, the COVID pandemic, but now as we see the need for us to onboard, um, we are working on bringing people to fill in um, the key roles. Um, the majority of them today are in, in engineering that we have. We also have a few other roles. Um, and, you know, having a facility where we can offer that employee training to get them up to speed and, and get them uh, embedded within the team and contributing as fast as possible is key for us going forward. At the same time, understanding there are a lot of um, you know, employee challenges and people want to work from home, they want that flexibility. So we're trying to balance both with offering that flexibility, but also being focused on creating the culture that that we need. And that's, you know, creating that culture of accountability and, and of getting results going forward. Great. And uh, we've covered quite a few topics today. So given what we've discussed, uh, what are two or three of your top priorities for your first year as CEO? I would say our number one priority is to continue to advance the technology and commercialization of our product, um, both through product development, but also in the field and working with our partners to continually improve operations um, and gather data. And the other top priority is ensuring we have the strongest team from top to bottom to ensure our success going forward. You know, one of one of my um, former mentors always he had a great line that I've always latched on to and he said, you know, are we set up for success? If you think about it, it's a pretty important question. And and he would always say, if we are, that's great. Let's go execute. If we're not, why aren't we set up for success? And what do we need to do in order to be set up for success? So um, that's a that's a crucial factor in any of the decisions that we make going forward. Right. And what investments are needed on on the company's part to set up drone delivery Canada for success? From an investment perspective, it starts with the people, um, making sure they have the tools and the processes in order to be successful um, and supporting them overall um, to be able to accomplish those goals. So a lot of our focus is on ensuring we have 
the right people and the right, <clears throat> excuse me, process going forward so that we can achieve those goals. Okay, well, I think that about wraps up our conversation for today. But thanks again, Steve, for joining me for this episode of On Air with Air Cargo World. My pleasure. Thank you, Karen. Thanks also to our listeners and to Air Cargo World's readers. Download and listen to this podcast and other episodes at aircargoworld.com and on iTunes and Spotify. Spotify.